This podcast is brought to you by Slow Tide. Slow Tide, our company, they took a mundane but essential uh, everyday product, uh, a towel, um, so something that we use every day, and they've turned it into uh, something cool, something you like looking at, a piece of art. So Slow Tide work with artists, brands, and photographers to bring amazing designs onto their products. Uh, not only towels, they also have now applied this same logic to blankets, um, perfect for the winter. Those of you that have listened to the podcast and know me will know I love sitting and watching a film or TV. I ask every guest to recommend me some something good to watch. Um, and especially in the UK at the moment, it's pretty cold. Most of that watching is done under a blanket. Uh, most importantly, though, uh, Slow Tide are committed to sustainability. Um, all of their cotton products are responsibly sourced through the Cotton Leads program, and their polyester products are made from 100% recycled post-consumer waste, usually plastic bottles. So you know that by buying one of these products, you're also not affecting the environment. Uh, check them out at, at Slow Tide Europe on Instagram for more information. I'll be posting a fair bit about them on my Instagram as well, at the After Hours Lounge. Um, huge thank you to Slow Tide for supporting the podcast, um, and thank you to you guys for getting through this advert. And now, on with the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Uh, really excited to be joined this week by, uh, I've never met him before, but heard of him, um, I know those of you who, who listen kind of regularly will know uh, at the start of 2020, before COVID, um, I got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu after being convinced by a, a couple of friends and things. Uh, spent nine weeks doing it, was completely obsessed with it. And then obviously it is the most anti-COVID sport in the world. Um, so I, I had to stop, unfortunately. Um, but I'm really, really excited to be joined by um, Bellator MMA pro fire, Ross the Hitman Houston. Um, yeah, Ross, thank you so much for coming on. No problem at all, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we yeah. Got around to it eventually. Go around to it. Yeah, yeah. I think I messed you a while ago, but yeah, Christmas, New Year. Um, you said just just before you hit record, you're uh, you're struck down with COVID. You're stuck in your house. What's uh, what's it like? Yeah, man. I've been in lockdown for well, not lockdown, what self isolation for nine days now. So tomorrow, tomorrow I get a bit of freedoms. But yeah, it's been okay to be honest. I was a bit, you know, it hit me like I just had like a bad flu to be honest for a few days, and then uh. I was fine after that, to be honest, and just uh, getting the Call of Duty rounds in up in the up in the Call of Duty uh, yeah. skill level. <laughs> yeah, so you just been keep, you've been keeping yourself busy at least. Yeah, man, I'm bored shitless. Literally, I've got nothing to do. Just yeah, I literally nothing. Like cleaned everywhere, done everything possible. So I'm just uh, I've just used it as time to like kind of prepare and just uh, so when once I'm allowed out, just hit hit the training hard for the next fight. Yeah, I was going to say it must be it must be super difficult um, for you. I mean, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. But for someone, you know, like yourself, like I mentioned there, you know, I, I sort of started jujitsu at the start of last year and, you know, we'll get into that a bit more as well. But it must be so hard for you not being able to have that energy in a, in a gym and, and training and all that stuff. Yeah, it's difficult. To be honest, I've got, I, I run my own gym, so uh, I've still been doing some stuff. I think like in the rules and all that. Um you can kind of like if you're a professional athlete you can still train and you're allowed to support team so i've got like a few people helping me train you know what i mean so uh yeah we're, st we're still getting some work in good a few seconds i'm gonna get this ball off the dog before she drives me nuts Pitch, what are you doing <laughs> well, she make, i don't know if you can hear that in the background i could oh, she, knew, she knew i was doing a podcast or something that's all right, all right. Go play something else Yes, yeah, so, you know what? It's uh, it's difficult, obviously, because it's just it's difficult because uh, I'm, like my job is obviously fighting, uh, but I also um, I've got the club, so it's hard. Like, obviously, um, like you said, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and other uh, sports, well, pretty much all martial arts involve contact. You know what I mean? So we can't really offer that class. Uh, yeah. Classes. So we lost quite a lot of members, but. Uh, you know, everyone's taking a hit from uh, the whole corona thing. So it is what it is, isn't it? You can't really yeah. control it. Yeah, no, it's it's such a shame. So, um, so I mean, you know, um, give you know myself. Obviously, we've never met, but for the listeners as well, give us a, a kind of short sort of history of um, you know, who you are and kind of what you do and and, and how you got to sort of where you are now. Yeah, um, so I do. Um, for those who don't know, I do a I compete uh, professionally in a sport called MMA. It's mixed martial arts. I've been training in it for around a decade now. I started uh, down south in Birmingham where I grew up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's just in my blood, to be honest. My dad was a boxer. My mum's side of the family's got boxing in it. My granddad actually ran Muir Award Amateur Boxing Club um, years back. So yeah. we've got a lot of like, uh, like kind of like combat history in the in the Houston family, to be honest. So uh, I feel like it's in my blood. I kind of like my mate asked me to go along to uh, a club down in the West Midlands all them years back, around ten years ago now, maybe longer, and. Uh, he he stopped and I kind of got the bug and then uh, the rest is history. To be honest, it's gone from just being a hobby to literally being like my whole life. To be honest, everything I do uh, yeah. revolves around uh, uh, MMA. To be honest, yeah. So that that's it in a nutshell. To be honest, it's um, you know, it's it's what to be honest, it's what I enjoy to do. Well, it's different now. It's kind of like because it's work. It, it changes things a bit, but uh, you know, it's kind of like when I first started, it'd be like see if I just had a job in like Tesco or whatever. Once I was done work, that's where you'd find me anyway, you know, training MMA. So yeah. be able to be able to make that turn that into my job, uh, you know, is a blessing, to be honest. Uh, we love hard work, but here we are. Hard work and a, a lot of uh, hard training, but we got there. Yeah, I think it, it does. It kind of strikes, uh, you know, as I said, I mean, I, I sort of started started jiu-jitsu and I, I think I, I basically started this time last year. So I got about eight or nine weeks in and then obviously the, the gym closed and stuff last end of, end of March last year and stuff. But from what I gathered is like, once you get into these kind of martial arts, you know, jujitsu, MMA, all that, like the gym I was at was by the sounds of it, similar to yours, you know, there was, there was they offered all, all different sort of martial arts, but it, it does, it does kind of suck you in um, to this sort of lifestyle. You know, you start and you maybe go once or twice a week and then, you know, a few months down the line, you're, you're training like four or five times and you're obsessed with it and watching videos. And I come from a, a water sports background. I've, you know, been coaching, um, you know, windsurfing at the, the highest level over, over the world for the last sort of 10 years. And, and it's, it's a similar thing as well. You end up, you, you base your life around being able to go and do it. And I think, I think that's a similar thing with um, these kind of martial arts, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, to be honest, that's the way it goes, isn't it? It's kind of like you want to get certain get somewhere with anything then you've got to put in the hours you know there's no real secret ingredient obviously you get like you do get naturally talented athletes or whatnot but uh, it's literally just uh, whoever puts the most hours in on the mat and trains correctly you know because you get some some mongos who are just trained like just hitting their head against a wall for years you know what I mean won't get any better but uh, as long as you train you know you've got a good club and you're training in the right way training smart then um, that that's pretty much is the secret with anything in life I'd imagine yeah. Well, they, what do they say? They say that it takes, it's 10,000 10, hours to master a, a skill, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. God Which knows how many I've put in. Definitely yeah. not mastered it there. <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, sim- similar thing as well, you know, like even, uh, you know, jujitsu or, or MMA, anything like that. I guess it's one of those things you never really do master it, do you? There's always something new to learn or because everyone learns in different ways and you're fighting other people, different people have different styles. So it, it must be quite, it must be quite difficult to kind of ever say you've you've truly mastered it. Yeah, that's it. It's like um, some people will train with me, and they'll be like, some people who are trained with who actually train themselves will be like, you know, they'll they'll train with me and be like, Jesus Christ, you know, I won't ever get to that level. But then there's people who I train with down south, you know, they're some of the best people on the planet who I'm like, who make me feel like I'm not done a day's training in my life, you know. So it's just it's just the levels to it, to be honest. Which again, as you say it just comes back to um, not being able to master it. But the thing with MMA, it's hard because jiu-jitsu is obviously different, but you just, well, it's the same. Jiu-jitsu is the same. You're never going to master it, but obviously it's, it's one discipline. But with MMA, it's kind of like, I, well, I've time, managed my time between like wrestling, jiu-jitsu, tie boxing, boxing and stuff like that. Uh, and just kind of choose how you invest your time depending on what type of fighter you want to be. If you want to be a grappler, a wrestler, a striker, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and so on. So it's a, it's you know, it's it's a fun. And that's what makes the sport fun. Because in like I do, I guess like in boxing, if someone's a better boxer, they're a better boxer. But in MMA, if someone's a better boxer, then I mean, there's a lot of other aspects and variables that go into, into into the fights. There's so many ways to win and so many ways to lose. So it it makes it quite exciting. Yeah, it, it yeah it has always because you know MMA in itself is a it's a you know mixed martial arts. It's a multi-discipline thing. So how do you, did you, did you kind of have that decided for you, you know, when you, is it, is it just, you know, were you, were you good at one aspect rather than the other or, or did you just kind of over time realize that you maybe had a talent for all of it? Um, I'll, I'll never say like, I've kind of like, 
I don't know. It's hard. I've I've been. I was always alright at everything. To be honest, you know, I've never like been complete because I, I, you know, my family's quite a sporting family. We've got three brothers. They're all quite athletic, you know. So we've got good, good basic motor skills, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, we're all athletes, to be honest. You know I mean, so I can kind of turn my hand to anything really, but um, nothing that would really stand out. I guess I'm quite like a quite a physical person. So even when I remember back when I was playing football and whatnot and like and stuff like that. I guess my uh, physical attributes maybe outweighed my my finesse, if that makes sense, you know. So yeah. I've always been quite like, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes I describe myself as a combat athlete. I'm a, a martial artist, obviously, but when, like, with my fighting career, I'm more of a combat athlete, you know what I mean? I'm like a fighter. I've kind of like, I've got good, obviously I've got skills, but I've got good physical attributes and uh, uh, even, even more so, like you were saying before, I've got uh, strong mental attributes, you know, which uh, I think is the most important part of the game. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, nothing in particular, but um, kind of just chipped away at every, all the kind of like fundamental disciplines like jiu-jitsu, wrestling, Thai boxing, and boxing. Really, yeah. and, uh, we've came a long way from that. As you said, or I imagine, you know, well, yeah, you, you said it there. It's it's just it's a kind of a time management thing more than anything else, is it? There must there's there's must be so much strategy to it um, that a lot of people don't see. Yeah, a lot of strategy, and you know, um, here's the thing: you can you can do everything right, and then it's uh. It's about doing it right on fight night when that's when mm-hmm. a, a lot of variables come into it, you know, because uh, that that's a whole different thing with like the crowd and the TV and the, the lights and all that, you know. Um, so yeah, there's, it, there is literally so many kind of things to concentrate. It's kind of like you got to train hard, but then you got to be relaxed and still have a life, you know, because you yeah. got. I see a lot of people they train that hard and they kind of then even this sounds weird, but. You, you got to be disciplined, but I've seen some fighters that are kind of that disciplined. They don't have a life outside, and it's like they don't actually do that well. You kind of like it's like a Wolf of Wall Street when he's like, you don't want to implode. Have you seen it when he's like, yeah, yeah. It is a scene when he's like, you know, if you kind of like you're too kind of like highly strung about everything, then uh, you know it can be it can be detrimental. So uh, it's, it's it's a fine balance, and this is uh, this is just me talking from my experience. So it's just what kind of works for me. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of time management and kind of juggling the disciplines about. Yeah, but like like you said, I think it must be you know it's important to to put some time aside for you know downtime or whether it is going out with your mates and you know drinking a few beers or you yeah know, just going for a walk with the dog and things. You know, it's it or playing Call of Duty. You know, it's um it it must That's be it. important. It must be important. So um when did you so you say you kind of started and it was a hobby and then it transitioned into a career? I think. I mean, I, you know, had a little uh, sort of Google and stuff, um, you know, a couple of days ago when we when we agreed to do the podcast and things. And I think you were you were originally sort of signed to a, another kind of organization before sort of Bellator and stuff. How how did that work? And then, like, like I said, was, was there a bit of a kind of light bulb moment where you were like, holy shit, I've gone from being like uh, just a fighter to maybe a pro fighter and all this stuff? Or, or was it more of a sort of general transition? Um. Well, I, I was competing for like many years and then I stopped to compete uh, to go work offshore. And I remember when I was right. offshore, I kind of like, there was a moment where I was like, there's probably the biggest kind of like pivotal moment of my career. At the moment when I was offshore and I was like, kind of like, you know, earning decent money and all that. But I could see people who'd been there for like decades and decades. And I was kind of like, you know, this ain't what I want to do. Mm. Not, not there's anything wrong with it, but it's like, you know, my passion lied in MMA. And yeah. At the same time, there was like an old... MMA club that used to run in Inverness and that closed down so I just thought you know what screw it that was my chance to kind of like stop working offshore saved up a bit of money and uh, open up my own MMA club and in turn that allowed me to invest all, a lot more time into my own training you know what I mean rather than mm. trying to juggle 12 hour shifts offshore and do my own training yeah. Um, so yeah so that was the most pivotal moment and then I came back I had my last amateur fight went professional and then uh you know, I would have, I would say, like, you know, when I first started uh, off professionally, my mental game wasn't that strong, but with each win, it's kind of grown and my self-confidence has grown. And then uh, kind of just like, there's a snowball effect from there, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think, like you said, you know, working offshore, and I think there are a lot of people that are stuck in that sort of rut, aren't they? Where they've, you know, they've got a good kind of 
comfortable-ish job and like you said you know earning earning a relatively good wage and they're like yeah you know it's all good but for you especially with you know MMA and fighting and stuff there's also like a time limit on it isn't there in terms of your age you know you can't if you get to 40 or whatever and you're like right I'll give it a go now you know it's it's probably not going to work as well is it I guess so unless you they get on the steroids or something <laughs> that's it <laughs> or the ridic- ridiculous athletes um yeah Mike nah, Tyson you, yeah exactly you couldn't really because it isn't just like you know you've got to learn the skills and all that um but yeah for sure it's just um again there's a lot there's a lot of factors that come into it you know because a lot of people, and the other thing is you know i know there's a lot of like martial artists who you know they're a bit older now and then mma wasn't around when they were kind of doing their thing so they didn't have the opportunity so you know i was lucky to have the opportunity to uh sorry it's my dog going crazy again that's right the, the opportunity to kind of like give it a bash so yeah. I'm put her in the other room. She's good. She's rattling around again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ross's dog is going mental. Yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll just put it away in the cupboard. Uh, oh, mate, it's fine. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so then kind of people obviously didn't have the opportunity, so I've been lucky to have them kind of opportunities and them doors open for me. And um, in the sport since then, the whole like Conor McGregor era has like just made the sport even sport even bigger. So uh, the next generation up here and the next generation coming through my uh, through my club is gonna is gonna smash it. Yeah. That must be pretty cool. So do you initially were you kind of, you know, balancing your time between sort of coaching and, and, and training and stuff and then pro fighting? Do you do you still have a kind of happy medium of of do it or maybe pre-COVID, let's say? But um, you know, did you have a happy medium of that or were you were you kind of focusing more on right, actually I want to try and make it as a pro fighter myself? Um well when I first stopped working offshore, I opened up the club and I I coached all the classes. So I was coaching full-time and obviously competing yeah but as i once i went professional as i started winning in turn the uh the level of opposition was going up as well so obviously it, it, it was i had to invest more time into my own personal training and then i started to bring on other coaches to help out coach my club yeah because i kind of like know everyone i know anyone who's anyone like up in the north of scotland and the highlands who you know yeah, you know, it's like the, the certain types of disciplines. So, um, and it's kind of like from there, it's kind of like I brought on some more good coaches, and uh, they started taking classes, which freed up more time for me to train, which yeah. is what I needed to do. Because you kind of like, you know, it isn't a, a sport that you can fuck around with. You kind of let like, you get hurt if you if you don't throw all your eggs in one basket. Um, and now I'm actually at the point I don't really have, I don't really coach at all too much just now, just because I did. It, the level of guys I'm competing against now, they literally, you know, they could put you in a coma or something if you, if yeah. you didn't take it seriously, you know what I mean? So um, I invest, I, I take it uh, really seriously now. And, you know, I still do coach, like, the competition team. I like coaching people who want to compete. Um, so, yeah, I kind of, like, I just had to start balancing up and uh, work from there, really. Yeah, Definitely. And what's, you know, you, you kind of mentioned mentioned it just there. So I, I kind of, one of the big things that I really wanted to get into kind of with you is that aspect of like, you know, dealing with that sort of fear of, you know, knowing that you're going up again, especially as you've climbed up the ranks um, and obviously going against more and more talented uh, fighters as you go on. What, how, how do you kind of deal with that sort of, or if, if there is any sort of fear um, there, you know, do you, do you have specific, um, so, you know, you say you've got your team and stuff. Do you have like a mental coach as well as all your sort of physical coaches and sparring partners? Uh, no, I don't have a mental coach. I've got, I feel like I've self taught myself that really um, right. just through experience because it's kind of like, well, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? In your head, it's kind of like you're the only one, for me, like you're the only one who can control your head. You know what I mean? If yeah. you've got an idea yeah. in your head, whether it's positive or negative, it's difficult for anyone to get it out. Um, so I just feel like, I feel like I can't, you know, I remember. I remember my mindset before used to be like, all right, say if you told me I was fighting such and such on my next fight, I would already be beaten before like the fight even happened. But now like I, I literally, I'm not really, I don't care at all who they put me in front of. I'm confident against anyone I fight and I know I'm going to get the win. Um, you know, that's the mindset I'm going with. Uh, 
there's a few little tricks I use. I'm always like positive language and all that stuff. Like if, um, you know, like before a fight, I feel nervous and, you know, everyone gets a bit scared. I'm not scared, like just feel nervous and on edge a wee bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you ask me how I'm feeling, you said you came to the change room before and you asked me how I was, how I was feeling, like, I'd never say I feel nervous or this and this and that. I might be feeling a bit sick or my legs feel heavy, but I'd, I'd, my answer would be the same. I'd say I feel yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing. You know, because it's just kind of like positive uh, verbal reinforcement and stuff like that. So I uh, feel like that's a big part of my game. The way like I, I carry my posture and all that, um, you know, I make sure I always keep a positive posture, you know, when I'm at the weigh-ins or I'm at, at fight night and stuff like that. Um, and that, that kind of works for me, to be honest. So uh, I've got a few little tricks, but I don't, you know, I've kind of like, um, I feel like I, I always want to fight better people. So um I always want to be on on an incline in terms of my opposition level, and uh, mm. that's what gets me motivated and excited. And I kind of like I, I also bring confidence through knowing the preparation that I've put into that that fight. So uh, it's a lot. It's in a lot of factors to be honest. And I just I don't really yeah. The big one is I used to um, worry too much about what people think. I remember when I was I was younger and down south and I was fighting. I didn't do too well. Because I was too worried about what people think, and uh, you know, they'd be like, oh, Ross is fighting, and then I'd I'd be fighting, maybe to try and impress other people. But now, yeah. um, you know, ten years later, or whatever, I'm like, you know, it's I'm like, you know what, this is it's just me who's decided to do this. You know, I don't need to prove nothing to no one, so I really I really don't care. And like, I go in there and, and I'll fight it for me, and uh, I just don't put any pressure on myself at all, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, from, from the other sort of pro athletes I've had on the podcast and, you know, friends who, who, who are pro athletes as well and spoken to them, like they've, they've said a similar thing of actually, if anything more, you know, it's so easy to put all that pressure on yourself and kind of make it, even if it is a really big deal, try and make it less of a big deal in their own heads um, and just try and try and bring it down and try and ignore, you know, like you said, the crowd, the cameras, you know, all that stuff and try and, yeah, almost sort of play it down. Um, but that, yeah. that must be a difficult thing to do. Yeah, especially the last one. I know that that was my first loss in like eight years or something. But I, I remember it was such a big event. But I just like, I felt like as calm as I am now speaking to you. And I didn't really like, well, maybe it was a bad thing because I'm like, maybe I should have been a bit more hyped up. So it's a weird thing, isn't it? It's kind of like, you got to be, I feel like sometimes it should, inside the cage, you know, when the fight's happening. Sometimes I'm that calm and composed. I maybe don't. Uh, sometimes I need to like step my foot on the on the gas a wee bit from time to time. You know. Um, so it, again, it comes back to the balance. There's just so many factors about everything, whether it's outside of the cage when you train or whether it's inside the cage. But yeah, just um, I, I just don't. I don't really get like nervous too much anymore. Maybe it's because I've been fight hit hit that many times in the head. I'm just like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been there, done that. You know, there's nothing. Nothing that's gonna, you know, get them a rude. So uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, man. And everyone's different. So when it comes to your head and all that, you know, like only you can, and you can teach yourself. Some people are kind of like fast learners, and just uh, it happens straight away. And then, uh, you know, some people can't just take experience and stuff like that for them to work out. Sorry, I'm getting like climbed on it. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, no, I think it. It's one of those things as well that it. Yeah, it it comes from your own personal experience. You know, the the longer you do something, like we said, the the more comfortable you're going to be with it. I'm sure that you know, compare your even though your last fight was probably the largest one in terms of how many people are watching, and you know, I know it was like streamed by the BBC and it was you know Bellator and all that stuff compared to your first one, but you were probably far more nervous for that first fight, you know, in front of, I, I don't know, but, you know, in front of 20 people or whatever it was, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. I was just, I remember walking out to the last one. It's like I was in some massive arena. It held, held, like, tens of thousands of people. But obviously there was only a thousand there because of, like, Corona. And yeah. I was just looking around. I was like, I was just, I remember looking back and looking around and I was, I was just walking out and I was like, this is just cool, man. This is something I started off just as, for a bit of crack, you know, when I was younger. <laughs> And, you know, I'm here bloody fighting in Paris and they put me up in like some penthouse suite in Paris just for what I can do, like bloody throwing, you know, in the cage, throwing my hands and wrestling yeah. with another man. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's quite cool, man. It's quite surreal sometimes thinking of it. And it's like, uh, it, you know, it's kind of like got, got to the point now, especially it's Bellator contracts and all that. It's kind of like a point, like uh, initially when I first started off, because I said my, my confidence grew, you know, I would never have dreamed I would be in the position I'm in now. In, um, 
when I first started doing the sport, you know. So uh, it's a it's a cra- it's been a crazy journey to be honest. Yeah, it must be it must be a really surreal one because I mean. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you can shed some light because like, I don't I'm a, I'm an extremely casual watcher of like MMA stuff. You know, like I've got a few friends. Oh, you're watching the fight, you're watching the fight. And I'm a bit of a yeah. funny one. Like I I find it difficult to get into a sport if I haven't done it, if you know what I mean. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of watch, you know, watch fights, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, he's punched him. And now he's, you know, and then they're on the ground and I've got no idea what's going on. But then last year after even just a few weeks of doing jujitsu, I was like, Oh, he's got, it's an arm bar. Oh, he's got him in a triangle. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, and, and suddenly my interaction with it, you know, I mean, maybe this is stupid to say, but yeah, I, I just found once I'd actually done the sport and had a bit of an idea, it became so much more kind of exciting to watch, but how, how much bigger a, a kind of stage can it get than, than that? Was that, was, were you like the headline fight in, uh, in Paris? Yeah, well, it was weird. There was like Bellator, the European series. Right. And then there was Bellator 248. So I don't know if you know the UFC. Sometimes you have UFC fight nights and they have a yeah. UFC 200. So uh, there was a guy called Czech Congo who's a UFC uh, veteran who was the headline of the European series. And I was headline of like the the main, I think it's Bellator 2 or whatever it was, you know, Bellator 240 for, for argument's sake. Um so it was weird on Bellator a little bit weird like that in terms of like I don't like how they set up their viewing and kind of it's kind of confusing you know what I mean because a lot of people struggle to watch the fight because they weren't sure what the hell what the hell was going on and neither was I to be honest I just got picked <laughs> up on the bus and, and fought this guy um, so yeah man, obviously UFC is the biggest in the planet um, and um, but the you know the, the offer I got with uh, Bellator is like, is like life changing and uh puts me against like you know rather than going in the here's the plan it's like rather than going in at UFC the complete grassroots level and uh, working my way up I mean, you know I've been put at the bell uh, in Bellator at like the top level top end of division you know and I, I could take out I'm going to take out some some top world recognized names and right. um, who knows what happens in the future you know maybe I, I'll make the jump or just stick with Bellator because they look after us you know obviously didn't go to plan in my debut but yeah, that's the kind of ambition I've got. You know, I got offered a lot. I got offered a lot of names, and uh, I I'll never take an easy. You know, I don't want to fight no can for a payday. You know, I'm looking to fight the top guys possible. And obviously, MVP was um, he, he he's got a bit of a name, you know. So I went. You know, we went for it. And we we fell short, but we'll we'll be back. Um, hopefully soon. Yeah. What was what what was that like? Because I mean, as I said, I kind of did 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 some due diligence looking at it, and from what I gather, that was your first that was your first professional loss, wasn't it? So you had eight eight wins before that, and then that was and did you had a you had a draw as well, didn't you? Yeah, I had no contest in in that fight where there was a lot of blood. So that was my first loss. That was my first loss in eight and a half years or something. It was only right. eight years. Um, so it was quite a weird experience because usually I'm used to coming up. I'm quite renowned for having scraps, you know, where there's big bloodbaths, you know, it's entertaining fights and all that. This fight's different because the guy's skill level is that high, you know, it's hard to hit and it's just, it was got a tactical fight. Right. But um, usually I'm used to having fights um, and, you know, being sore afterwards and then being like, thinking, oh, well, at least I got the win, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. This fight, I came out against like the highest level striker I've ever fought. He was like renowned for not knocking people unconscious. I didn't come out of a scratch on me. So I felt fine, but then I was like, fucking hell, we lost. It's just like, it was just a weird match. You know what I mean? It was a tough, tough tactical match. Um, wrestling let me down a wee bit, but um, yeah, so that's, um, I forgot the, the initial question. Like it was, um, yeah, man, it was, um, it, it was a strange one. But um, what yeah, was your, how, how did you, did you kind of sort of adjust your, adjust your mindset after that loss? And were you, did you sort of second guess yourself a little bit or were you like, no, it's just because you've kind of climbed a couple of rungs up, and you're like, we just we just need to be consistent and keep going. Like, how how did that affect you and your your team? You know what? It was it was annoying because I got the loss, but like I, I know, like from being in there with that kind of caliber of guy, I didn't feel out of place at all, yeah. and like I didn't feel like he was any better than me. I just think it was a few kind of a few decision. It was one or two deci- like decision making things during the fight. Mm. With a difference, you know, and like it was little things like like we make like sense to you, but 
like keeping my hip in when I had him pinned up against the cage and because uh, I didn't do that he kind of reversed me yeah. so I yeah. played it over my head thousands of times I know exactly like you know the boy of all the details but uh, it's <laughs> like uh, you know I didn't feel like you know it didn't it wasn't like I came out I was like fucking hell, I don't belong here you literally I know I could beat that guy if you know if I did you know at, like A and B a slight, slight bit better you know what I mean so I kind of like it's annoying because it's cool to be undefeated but um you know, we'll come back stronger and uh, work from there. But it's just, it's, it's just been a bit of a weird... Obviously, the crew and all that's just been a bit of a weird one because it's kind of like I haven't been as active as I'd like to be. Yeah. And no one, out, no one has, to be honest, because of uh, because of all this shit. But um, you've got to play the card you dealt, you know, and just, uh, just go with the flow, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those difficult kind of positions, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't know if you've got a kind of another date or a next fight confirmed, but you're almost in limbo a little bit of like... Do you know? Do I need to be training? What kind of thing do I need to be training for? You've kind of obviously taken these lessons from this loss, but I guess if you're training a completely different person, you maybe you don't necessarily adjust your tactics for what just happened. You're like, no, always kind of looking forward. Yeah, that's it. You can only like when you're when you're in, when you're in limbo, like you say, you just got working on proving your game. To be honest, like um, obviously look back and last fight, see what could have been better. And improve things like I'll be work, working on my wrestling. I'm always constantly working on my, my strength and conditioning and stuff like that. You know, just just working on my all, all round game. To be honest, I quite like sometimes not not for this kind of extended amount of time, but I like sometimes it's cool when you haven't got a fight in your training because you can just train and have and it's a bit of fun. You know what I mean? I haven't got a cut weight. I'm just training, having fun, improving, and because um, when I've got a fight day, the intensity really picks up and. You know everything's got to be bang on. You're not eating as much. You got to get. I've got to get my weight down. I've got this this date in the back of my head. I've got another guy who's training to like hurt me inside the cage as well. You know, I've got the fact that this is like it's my job and that's what brings in the money. You know, so it's kind of like it's 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 not just it's not just kind of like fun and games having a local MMA fight anymore. You know what I mean? So it's uh not that you know that sounds like. You know, I don't that that I I'm aware that that's how it is, but I don't really big it up in my head like that. I'm not like fucking hell. I'm not gonna fucking be able to pay rent if I don't. You know, it's nothing like that. That, that like, would over, that would overwhelm you though. I imagine yeah, that you yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I, I I'm aware that you know there's a lot of kind of like that this. It's more than just it's more than just a fight. I'm aware of the fact it's more than just a fight. There's a lot of other factors that go into it now. Um, so um yeah it's, it's just been it's a strange time but uh you know sometimes like it's almost like it's a weird one with me it's kind of like i got and a lot of fighters will tell you who've been in it for a long time it's like uh remember the diaz brother said it and i didn't really understand it but now i do it's kind of like you gotta love it that much that you hate it if, if that makes sense because you yeah. kind of like it's it's that it's it's literally that much it's that consuming now and that much a part of my life in every single aspect whether it's coaching or um you know i enjoy doing them but like literally like obviously like podcasts and every, everything like it's almost like my that that's me you know that that's kind of like what i'm recognized as which is cool you know and i've worked in that into that position but it's like uh it's a it's um it's a weird thing you know what i mean it's kind of like uh, you know, obviously, I'm not like the, an extreme example, but you can, you kind of like it's like when something's fun and then it becomes work, you still enjoy it, but it's different. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes yeah. I, I do, I try and get away from it a wee bit, if you know what I mean. So maybe, yeah, if that makes sense. No, 100%. I think it's it's super important to to distance yourself. Like, as I said, you know, I've you know been at the I mean, you know, sort of semi professional level of, of windsurfing for, for many years, and I was sort of sponsored and, and all this stuff. I, I didn't necessarily compete that much, but, you know, I always felt this little bit of pressure. And oddly enough, last year, um, I went up to I went up to Scotland and I spent the first, you know, the real lockdown. I spent that with my mum up in Nairn. Um, uh-huh. And we, when we weren't allowed to do any sports, I didn't take my windsurf kit with me, anything. And I had sort of, you know, I think it was the longest I haven't windsurfed for nearly three months. And then oh, nice. last summer was actually really, really windy down here in the South Coast. I went to Greece and all this. And I had I had like a couple of months of really good windsurf. And I sort of completely fell in love with it again because I'd had this three-month break. Um, so yeah. I imagine, I mean, and that wasn't even necessarily my job, but even that with the podcast, you know, I took two weeks off over Christmas to do it and got to the point where I was a bit burnt out. And I'm like, fuck, I've done a lot of talking and stuff. But then I was actually raring to go to get back into doing them again. So I think I think it's important to to take some time off, even if it is something you really love. Yeah, for sure. And maybe it's kind of been like that with this self-isolation. Obviously, I've been stuck in 
the flat for like 10 days. So um, I know like next week I'll get back into it and uh, maybe may a blessing in disguise, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe not the COVID bit, but the ice yeah. <laughs> saying at home's all right. But what yeah. is, um, it'd, it'd be good good to kind of get your, you know, what what's it like when you when you do go with that transition from from tr- just sort of training generally to, right, I know I've got a fight coming up and, you know, uh, I've chatted on, on previous podcasts about um, the, the sort of aspect of, of martial arts where there's this whole like weight cutting thing and you've got to make weight and guys doing, you know, skipping inside a sauna to lose all the water in their body, you know, an hour before weighing and stuff, you know, what's, what, what's that all like? You know, do you, do you actually see that level of it? And wh- what's your opinion of that? Because a lot of people kind of would look at that as being, you know, a pretty toxic thing and it's, it's actually a dangerous thing to do for your body, isn't it? But yeah. how, how, what, what, what's that like? Um, yeah. I, I, when, when I do have a, it definitely just changed. It's easier for me. Um, once I do get a fight date, like a, an opponent's name and a fight date, like, like written down pen on paper, you know what I mean? Cause then I'm kind of like, right, this is it. Let's go. Even though I'm training all the time anyway. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It kind of like, it heightens things and kind of like, you just step it up a bit more and you, you know, I kind of like, yes. And my dad's saying that, you know, this is the change when I've actually got like, I've signed, I put pen to paper. Yeah. Just everything, whether it comes down, like all the little details of like nutrition and the sleep and just my training. Like I'm just a lot more focused. So I'm kind of like, when I step, you ask my training partners when I've got a fight coming up, I st- I'm stepping, I step into the gym. I'm not there to kind of like get the crack and all that. You know, that's kind of like, you know, it kind of like, yeah, a lot more serious when, when, when I've got the actual fight written down, you know, like compared to like when I haven't got it, you know, I'm still I'm maybe a bit, a bit more fun to be around, you know, in the gym, yeah. but it's, uh, it's a, bit, a bit different when I've got the fight coming up. Um, in terms of like the dieting and all that weight cutting, yeah, I, I know I know all about that uh, all too well to be honest. I, I I'm quite big for my weight category, so I cut quite a lot of weight to make weight. Right. Um. So I fight like 77 kilogram, but walk around at like maybe about 93 kilogram. You know, so I, I cut Whoa. quite a lot of weight. Um. And like a weigh-in, say like a weigh-in at like midday on the Friday at 77. I would say by 5 p.m. that day, so five hours later, I'll be back up to like 85 or 86. You know, you put a lot of weight back on because it's all, it's all water weight. But I've actually bought on a nutritionist and I actually started with him on Monday. He's meant to start this Monday. Yeah. And uh, he's going to kind of like work, work, uh, work with me and kind of like, you know, to pretty much tell me what to eat, what to drink, when to sleep, and, you know, exactly like what happens at every aspect of, of my, my nutrition which i'm kind of yeah, i'm looking forward to because it'll up the game a wee bit but then it's in the back of my mind like fucking hell as if it's not consuming enough <laughs> i've got like someone telling me what i can and can't do but um yeah you know it's gonna be you know i kind of you know and uh, it comes back to the fact like because i'm st- stepping up the levels now and especially coming off that loss i'm like right i need to do something a bit different well like, don't change it completely because obviously i was on a winning streak for so long but maybe just add things which are going to give me that extra 1%. Um, yeah. So I think this is going to do it. And it's going to make my weight come down lower a bit gradually, a bit more gradual. So um, it'll be a safer weight cut as well. Yeah. Is that like, that must be, you know, the, the physical training side is one side of it, but that whole, that whole weight cutting and, and losing that, that must be such a, a stressful element for, for so many fighters. Cause it's, I mean, you always see it in films and stuff and it, and or documentaries, whatever. And it's always like that really intense sort of last 12 hours where they're like, he has to make his weight. He has to drop four, yeah. kilo, four kilos in three hours, you know, and it's, you see them, is that fairly common or is that very much like a sort of Hollywood version of it? Uh, no, I would say it's fairly real. Yeah, I, I would say it's really common. Like, I mean, yeah. like not, it doesn't actually show the true kind of intensity of it that it actually is because it is quite a rough one. You kind of like you get kind of delusional all that way. Like, oh, what's the word? You know, it's it's, it's, it's a rough, it's, it's rough. It's been, you know, for me, it's a rough weight cut, and a lot of other people is kind of like the battle it becomes more making weight rather than the fight. You know what I mean? Then you, you feel like shit, and the last thing you want to do is fight. And then yeah. you step on the scale, then you're like, fuck, fuck, that's it over. Then you're like, hold on a minute. No, that's, you got, you came here to fight. You know what I mean, so then you've got to like get on your, get the weight back on, the fluids back on. You have the shits half most of the day because your body's used to kind of having <laughs> no, no food in it. You know, then suddenly you're trying to put all this food and liquids in, the, in your body. And it's, there's a lot of science straight, you know, like you got to like make sure the salt levels and sodium levels get back into your body correctly. 
uh, before you take any food. So like the, the hydration doesn't get wasted on breaking down foods. It goes to your vital organs. So yeah, you can, it's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of science to the weight cut. And yeah. Maybe even more importantly, the, the rehydration process. Must be how how long? I mean, maybe this is a stupid question because it's an obvious question. But how how long generally is the dis, is the time between the weigh in and the actual fight? Um, when I was fighting Cage Warriors, you'd weigh in at like three p.m. and you'd fight on the Friday, and then you'd fight on the Saturday evening, depending on where you are on the card. So say you're like uh, quite you're a bit of a newbie's not the right word, but you know you're kind of like you know you're on the undercard. Yeah, you say you're the first fight of the night, then obviously you'd have less time to rehydrate. Right. See if you're the main event, then um, so like say like some fights have had a weigh in at like midday on a Friday, and I won't be fighting till like 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. So that's quite good because I'm a big well weight. Gives me a hell like whatever what that is is a bloody you know like 36, 37, 38 hours to rehydrate. You know, so that's plenty of time. Yeah. Um, but then it's sometimes good just to maybe the first fight of the night just to get out of the way and then chill out and watch the rest of the fight. So, uh, yeah, I'd say like a minimum of um, 36 hours, maybe okay. a bit less. Yeah. So it must be it must be quite like you said, you know, afterwards, you know, you're sitting there and you've got the shits. And do you, do you get like mentally, do you sort of, you know, feel a bit fuzzy and does your, you know, your head go a bit weird? It must be so weird because you're you're mentally trying to prepare to do this thing you've been building for. But at the same time, are you kind of trying to, trying to recover as well and like right i've done the way in i've weighed in now i need to get my body really strong again and eat some food and get some water in and all that stuff yeah i guess it is thinking about it, it is quite tough you know but i'm, I'm just not used to it now it's just part yeah. of the process but yeah it is um I suppose <laughs> you're, you're thinking about it, yeah you're, you're pushing your body to the limits considering <laughs> you're there to fight another man there's a lot of fucking around that goes on you know that's why like and the, the, the weirdest thing about it is sandy is like Say if I fight bloody Joe Bloggs next and it's like we both walk around at like 90 kilo and then we've signed pen to paper to fight 77 kilogram. Say we're like eight weeks out, we're both 90 kilo. We're both going to kill ourselves to make 77 kilogram. Yeah. And then rehydrate when we could just both fight at 90 kilo because that's <laughs> what weight we are, you know. Yeah. It's like really pointy. But that's just the way it goes. Um, they just need to bring in more weight classes. Um, I know, but... Particularly, we've seen like welterweight and middleweight. You know, welterweight seventy-seven kilogram and middleweight eighty-four kilogram. Right. The same, you know, like with some good well middleweights like Darren Till and Fabian Edwards and all, and they're a lot, they're big, bigger guys. I mean, you know, um, so I can, you know, I probably could fight that way, but it's like you need a kind of mid, you need like a super welterweight, like in boxing or super middle. You know, you need these catch weights. Yeah, because um, like seven or eight kilos in between weight classes is a whole different person. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big jump. Um, so yeah, yeah. They'll probably do. They'll probably do away with it within the next ten years. I'd imagine just through safety and once, uh, you know, a few other things go wrong. I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, that is, um, that's the unfortunate thing is it's probably going to take something <laughs> going wrong for them to do it, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I don't think it'll be around for, for too much longer. Maybe I reckon within the next ten years there'll be some changes, and it's kind of like one, if the UFC do it, then a lot of a lot of others will follow suit. And uh, follow suit. Sorry, I know one FC in Asia. They um they do hydration tests, so you got to like pee in a cup every so often, um to kind of make sure your body's hydrated enough and right. to stop people from weight cutting, which is quite good, I guess. Yeah, because that must like. You know, hydration, hydration, and sleep are like two of the most important things, and it not not just for like physical health, but like you know, or health. Sorry, like like mental. You know, being mentally ready as well. Like people don't sleep. You know, they're always a bit grumpy and all this. And I guess, I guess it's different because every fighter is in the same boat, aren't they? You know, you're all going into the next day, the next fight. You're all you're all dealing with the same thing. You're all trying to fill yourself back up with water. You're trying to eat some meals, trying to get get yourself strong again. So. I suppose it's it maybe it isn't it's not like you've necessarily got an advantage over the others. Sure, some guys you know may brush it off easier than others, um, and like yeah. you said, more experience because you've done it more. But yeah, so like some people who say say some people who don't come much weight, you know, obviously the advantage they've got is there's not much strain on the body, but then the disadvantage they've got is they're going to fight a bigger person. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's like pick your poison. It's kind of like choose what you want to do. You maybe be a bit faster if you're smaller for the weight. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like sleep is a big one because I tell you what, it's, that's one of the hardest ones for me. It's kind of like the day, the night before the weigh-in, when you're dehydrated, it's 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 not like food doesn't even become. It's, it's quite um, 
you know, it's quite interesting to see like what the body actually needs because you're hungry when you're, you're dieting down to your weight. But as soon as the, the water cut comes into it, you, the food doesn't even like come close to like the, the water that you need. You know, your body, yeah. like, if you know, you, you, it's just water that you need. You don't really give a fuck about food and you can't sleep. To be dehydrated is very, very hard to sleep. On top, I don't even say it's like the nerves. It's, um, because I'm quite relaxed, but just fine. And I've spent double fights, it's very, very hard to sleep, you know, because you kind of like your body dried out and your mouth yeah. drying. Like, you literally, it's not even like, oh, I could do a, a drink. It's like you, your, your body's fucking dehydrated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just weird, man. But it's, uh, you, you've just got, you've got to play the, play the game. There was one guy who I fought when I fought for the Cage Warriors world title against an Italian guy. And he, uh, he was like, his thing was that he didn't cut a lot of weight, so he wasn't massive for the weight division. But then after beating him, he was like, oh, this cheater, cheating the weight class. Are you talking about me? Cheating the weight class, blah, this and that. And, you know, you know, if he's, uh, you know, no, you shouldn't cut weight, this and that. And I'm like, well, whatever, man. You, you're cho- you're the one choosing to fight at this weight class. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm just playing within the rules, man. Everyone's doing it. If you can't, you know, and I was like, listen, if you can't hack, hack with the big boys, go down to lightweight, man. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Uh. Yeah, I guess it's it's one of those things, you know, it's at the end of the day. The it's Italians who, get passionate. Uh. Yeah, they do. I've I've met plenty of plenty of Italian, yeah, like windsurfing. You know, I spent quite a bit of time in Brazil and there's a lot of Italians in Brazil for some reason. And they're, Is they're, they're very passionate people, aren't they? They hate, they don't yeah. like being made fun of. <laughs> they don't like losing, man. No. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was that. I guess it's I guess it just comes down at the end of the day to, you know, who's the who's the most dedicated and who wants it the most, I suppose. Exactly. He's, uh, the way I look at it is like someone like that, maybe I could look I could uh turn around and just be like, Well, you're being lazy by for not cutting down to lightweight. Yeah. You know. <laughs> is what it is, isn't it? Is what it is. Yeah, man, but there's a it's a strange old sport. Strange old sport. Well it's it's yeah, because it's I guess in a, to a certain extent it's a sport, but it it kind of transcends a sport and becomes a lifestyle, isn't it? Because it does it gets in the way of your daily life. You know, when you're you know eight weeks out from a fight or whatever, I, do, I don't know how long you do the. I think they call it like a camp, don't they? So how long you're in camp for? You know, it's not like you know your mates are like, oh, do you want to come for some beers on Friday night, or do you want to do this? I imagine you're you're full like almost like lockdown. You know, you're like, no, mate, I'm not doing it. I'm I'm in the gym. I'm in the gym. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, like like 12 weeks out and that's been done man but i'm one extreme or the other i've probably kicked the ass out of it a bit like after the last fight like i kind of like i'm extremely dedicated i, I train all year round so throughout like what i'm about to say it's not like a, i'm never not training but i'm extremely like like i said when i got the fight date i am um, that's all that matters you know and then i have my fight and then i i, I usually party a wee bit but um i'm trying to stop that a bit you know because it's kind of like <laughs> Probably, you know, it's probably not good having my body go from one extreme to the other. Um, but um, yeah, I kind of like, you know, I, I, I like to unwind a wee bit. Like I said, like just some some people who are, you know, I've seen them dedicate their whole lives to, um, you know, like I said, they're kind of like, what's the word? They're they're upset. They're just a bit a bit addicted. Yeah, they're too. Like they, they, they don't take. You know, they don't have a day off, and it's like. Yeah. That can, you know, them. I don't know if you one or two people who could spring to mind, you know, down south who are like that and like maybe not been quite as successful. Yeah. But you then probably they may be more skilled, more skillful martial artists. I mean, you know, in terms of like skill set, but you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And, I, and I'm always like that. Well, a finger like me, I kind of like, I'm like a fighter, you know what I mean? So I can like, but when it all boils down to, you know, we do all our martial arts training, like a jiu jitsu and our our techniques and this and that but um you got to remember it's it went all boils down to it's a fight you know what i mean it's not a technique competition it's uh no, yeah, when, when you're getting punched in the face and like bones are breaking it's painful you like hold on a minute you know it's um it, it there's a lot of factors that go into it and that's uh that's why it's an interesting sport and i'm quite quite lucky to like be blessed with them um, you know I, I think i've got good fighting genetics in my, in my family so i kind of like uh you know it, it, it helped out in a few sticky situations <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Do you um do you kind of worry about um you know the the future? Do you worry that like injuries or or anything like that? Do you, do you worry that they're going to sort of affect you in later life, or are you very much like just focused on the present and trying to trying to keep your career going? Yeah, that's quite an interesting one because I'm like uh, I know like obviously the uh, effects that the boxing and whatever you know it's a lot of like contact sports and trauma can have in the body and whatever. yeah, especially the head yeah. and the brain and things. Yeah, man, and it's like this. I've had, you know, I've thought about it before, you know, because I've had concussion a few times. 
Yeah. Uh, two seconds. I'll just trying to phone me. Sorry. Uh, if someone's trying to phone me, then it went black. Yeah, I've had a question a few times, and I'm kind of like being like, you know what? The way I look at it is this: it's like we're all gonna kick the bucket at one point, at some point or another, and like you know, there's no like rhyme or reason to kind of like life. You know, you see some, you see some like people who live a perfectly healthy life, and then the they could die of cancer at like 30 or you see some junkies who take drugs their whole life and they live to 100 you know what I mean mm. you, could, you could wake up tomorrow and get hit by a car and it's kind of like say, yeah. there's, I've only got like a like come back to like how long I can do this sport you know I've only got a small short kind of like window of opportunity to do this sport when I'm that age that I can you know what I mean so I'm kind of like what, do I want to kind of like not do what I enjoy and live 5-10 years longer or do I want to fucking do what I enjoy kick the bucket you know not seeing it will happen but you know it's kind of i'm like oh that's how i weighed off my head and i'm like whatever man this is what i want to fucking do so bring it on and i'm kind of like that much i'm that much of a believer in i said this a few times i'm that much of a believer in my mental strength and the power that mental strength can have on the physical body that i know for a fact if anything ever happened to me i'm kind of like I'm a big believer in kind of like accepting that something's wrong you know say if you say someone was like See, like, you see people that like, I think we're going to get a cold. They, they, they say to you, I think we're going to get a cold. They're going to get a cold. You, you get a cold, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you hear stories about, like, um, say, like, it's sad, obviously, but like, there's people, like, you know, I think everyone's, like, in some way or another had someone who's affected with, like, cancer or whatever. You know, it's kind of, like, it's a bit of a raw subject, but I'm, like, a believer where it's, like, you know, you, you, you hear about, like, points where people are kind of, like, they're fighting a fight and then kind of like stop fighting that's then you know what i mean so i'm kind of like if you you keep your mind strong then i think you can conquer anything and i yeah. think there's a maybe a connection which can't really be proved by like scientists but a connection a massive connection in terms of like how like the, the mental and psychological side of your, your your body can have a effect on your physical your physiological effect parts of your body do you know what i mean it's um you know, I just think there's, it's, it's like, you feel like mental health's massive just now, isn't it? And I feel like uh, people, you know, obviously that's something that's going on your head and then it can have actual like chemical changes on mm. your body, you know, mm. so it shows the power that it can have in a negative way in your body. Yeah. So, you know, if, I think it's important to, uh, you know, again, come unwind and not like kind of like stress out about things too much because then you kind of like, you got to keep, you got to look after your minds, man, you know. So a bit off subject there, but yeah, they're coming back to like the whole like thinking about this stuff, my body and all that and uh, injuries. I'm kind of like, obviously you've got a broken bone, you've got a fucking broken bone, but uh, it's like, you know, the other things are more serious. I'm like, nah, it's not going to happen to me. And if it does, I just wouldn't accept it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, that, that, I mean, that wasn't off subject at all. That was, that was, that was really good. Um, That was really cool. Like, I think, I think you're right. You know, I've got, um, well, he, he's not a friend, but uh, a very famous kite surfer, a guy called Ruben Lenton, who's in that, you know, the height of his career. I think he, he's maybe, maybe 30, 31, um, but he got, he got cancer in 2016. Um, he got testicular cancer and all this. And from minute one, he was like, this isn't going to beat me. And he just, you yeah. know, he, he was in hospital putting these positive messages out and he was just like being unbelievably positive. Even you could see, you know, he was super emotional and, you know, crying and even then, but he was still just like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm going to do it and be it. And, and he beat it, you know, a few months later, a few months later, he did it. And, and I, I do think you're right. I think the mind holds a, a huge strength over the body and more, more than we think, you know, I'm, from a, a tiny example for me, um, is I started, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm quite a big guy. I'm like six, four, so 95 kilos. Like I'm quite big. I'm, I'm not a runner, shall we say, but, um, yeah. I started running in November for November. Um, I sort of ran, I decided to try and run a hundred kilometers over the month. Um, and I've, I, it's now become a habit and I like run 5k every day. Now I can't like do my day without it, but there's a point sometimes when I'm running and I'm like, Oh, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm really knackered. I'm, you know this, I'm sure. But if you get past that, if I'm like, I'd like today, I was like, oh, I think I might stop. But I'm like, no, no, just keep going. And you keep going. And a couple of minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm completely fine again. Yeah. It's almost, yeah. It's almost like there's this kind of weird point of like no return. And your body's like, your body's done. But if you, you if your brain, if you can be like, nah, I'll just convince the body that it's good and it can keep going. And, yeah, and it works. Sure. It, it works. It's it's the strangest thing, you know, 
you go from really struggling and like you're you're out of breath and then two minutes later even though you're still running you're not out of breath anymore you know yeah it just seems, it just seems to find a new rhythm it's it's a really i think yeah it's a, it's a really good point exactly it's um it's uh oh my god too off, off subject now like, yeah it's because i've got like, i've got a lot of like different views than every everyone else you know like the whole mental health thing i probably wouldn't like go too public with it because i probably get crucified but you know i feel like um you know you kind of um you've got to look after your mind and stuff like i think sometimes it's too for me there's too much like um there's too much labeling these days you know what i mean it's kind of like whereas before it might have been um i'm having a bad day having a bad week about having a bad month you know because like not not saying like here we go. I'm here. I'm not saying like it's not a real thing. Of course it is, but because like the word depression, all that's left, right, and center. People go from like having a bad week to oh, I'm depressed and all that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. You know, might be there's people who have it, but you know what I mean. It's maybe too easy to kind of be like, oh, no, yeah, yes. you know what I mean. And then um, you know, that's kind of you know when when you've got you planted that seed in your head and you've got a label and you, it's a uh, you know to get certain in your head it could be very hard to get rid of do you know what I mean because like I said the mind's a powerful thing whether it's for positive or negative effects do you know so it's uh, yeah I'm, I'm a big believer like I say like in terms of whether it's my um, MMA career or just general life in terms of like, the mental aspects of things you know so uh, yeah I think like the mind can conquer everything yeah, no, and like you know, I don't, I don't think you'll get crucified at all. I think, I think you're, you're so right, and it's, but it's, it's such a fine line, isn't it? But I think you know, there are a lot of people that they don't, they don't necessarily go and see a doctor and necessarily get something diagnosed. They immediately go, and especially at the moment, I mean, it, it's so hard at the moment with all the COVID and the lockdowns and things. But it, it's so hard at the moment where someone maybe just has a bad day and they read the news or they see whatever and they immediately go, right, I'm depressed, and then. It, it's difficult because I think some people tr- kind of use it as an excuse and that's the, yeah. maybe that maybe that's me crucifying myself by saying that but right. but I think yeah, it's a tough one man because there's too many snowflakes about so you fucking you can't say nothing <laughs> well yeah but it's you know whatever I don't I don't read the comments anyway but it, <laughs> it, it's one of those it's one of those things where and that that's not taking anything away I mean I I suffer I've suffered with anxiety for the last few years it's one of the reasons I started this podcast I've you know been this close to fucking trying to kill myself two or three times you know i've i've not had a very good time in my brain so if anyone's having a go at me for saying this they can fuck off but i think um with with depression and with things like that i think it can be easy to use it as an excuse and be like oh well i'm, I'm not going to go for a walk today because i'm depressed or yeah. i'm not, I'm not going to go to this because i'm depressed but it's it's if they're doing that and saying that but they're also actively see- seeking help then i think that's okay but yeah. it's so it's so difficult to get to that position of seeking help. And that's the whole idea of this podcast and, and everything like that is trying to encourage men specifically, because this is a problem in men more than, well, maybe not more than women, but it's it's a, a lot more men necessarily don't talk about it. But if men can talk about it and realize that it's okay to talk about it, then I don't think they get to that point where they're like, oh, no, I can't do it because I'm depressed. No, I, I don't want to go to training tonight because I, I feel like shit and I'm, I'm depressed, so I'm not going to training. But if they yeah. feel like, you know, say you run the gym, they feel like they can message you and be like, look, yeah, Ross, I don't think I'm going to come to training tonight. I'm feeling a bit depressed, feeling a bit shit. Um, yeah, really sorry. Then because they've opened up to you, you'd probably message them back and be like, look, dude, come along. It'll be really fun. We'll just go easy. You know, we'll just do a couple of rolls or just a couple of exercises and that. And then then that opens a dialogue up. And then, you know, yeah. I'm just using you as an example, but then you're aware of it and you go, right, you know, maybe I'll talk to him a bit more after the training and see how he's doing or, or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's it. I've never thought about it, but that, that, that's a good way of thinking of it. You know, kind of like, you know, it, it, it just means you maybe have someone just to give you a bit of a kick up the arse, you know what I mean? It's kind of... Like and often, yeah, and often that's literally, that's literally all people need and that's, you know, it, it doesn't need to... It doesn't necessarily... This is what you I need mean. to be like too serious. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like sometimes if you, if you keep it light hard you know if it's too serious and it's kind of like maybe like sit down let's kind of like you know let's get the doctor in this then it's different but if you get someone like god oh, man i've been there before you know let's get in let's get some training done keep it like friendly and pally and light hearted you know maybe yeah I'm just thinking, maybe, maybe help you know i mean so then it isn't like you're not going into like some big white room with like a stray jacket and then you're like fucking up. <laughs> well that's that's the thing and, and i think that's where a lot of people that do suffer with you know mental health issues or whatever i think that's what they're worried about they're worried like oh fuck if i tell 
if I tell someone that I'm having a bad time, they're like, they're going to phone the van and the van's going to come pick me up and go and, you know, throw me in and I'm going to have to talk to doctors <laughs> and all this. And actually all they, all they want to do is just talk to their mates about it without their mates thinking that they're, you know, stupid yeah. or lame. Yeah, or, for sure, you know, yeah. It's, that, that, it's, yeah. it's such a difficult thing, but I, I do think as well, like the, the, the effects of physical exercise on mental health can't be, can't be overstated like you know going i know doing doing like starting jujitsu for me was such a cool thing to do and i was like oh this is so epic and there's so many people yeah. around you know it was it, it was really great so i guess i don't know if you've you've seen that in your gym yeah man and uh, jujitsu's helped uh, a lot of people i think it's a really good one because it's kind of like uh so it's called the gentle art isn't it so it's mm. um it's just uh you don't get hit in the face that, there's, yeah there's that many kind of like layers to jiu-jitsu you know so i you know i sometimes like i almost view jiu-jitsu is kind of it's completely different to my mma even though jiu-jitsu is a big part of my mma it's like i you know i sometimes i don't put on the i, I trained in the gi for absolute years like proper like jiu-jitsu not i got my belts and whatever but um, sometimes I quite like to just whack on my gi. I don't train it too much anymore. Whack it on and just kind of like, you know, you can get lost in a roll and you roll rolling somewhere like 20 minutes. And it's kind of just, just a bit of crack, a bit of fun. And it's, it's, it's like a bit of therapy, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, no, uh, for sure. Compared to like, you know, maybe when I'm doing MMA, it's kind of like getting smashed in the face. It's a bit more, less. A bit more intense. Well, yeah. it, it is a therapy as well, I guess, you know. But um, just, just a different, it's just a different thing, guy. Yeah, no, I, like, yeah, it must be, it must be, um, yeah, it must be a, a scary yeah. thing to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, sort of, sort of finishing, finishing up there. Then, um, obviously, I, I always do, I always do a couple of sort of quick fire questions at the end. Um, so, I mean, for you, uh, where, where is, where is your happy place? So, if you click your fingers right now, I know you're in isolation, so probably just outside <laughs> at the moment. But click, click yeah. your fingers, click your fingers right now. Where, where are you? Cancun in Mexico. Cancun. I guess you're is this this is after a fight, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'll, leave, I'll have a fight in Cancun then squat after that'll do me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cancun. Nice. I've never been to Mexico. Sounds I do cool. like you know, I do like just chilling out and doing nothing sometimes like I can uh yeah, you know, just just getting away from shit as well. But um yeah, Cancun's a nice place. Cancun, nice. Um obviously I know you've been uh, you've been shy and you've not necessarily you know, been to do much training. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really into like my, my TV, my film, you know, I love, love films and stuff. What have you been, what have you been watching while you've been stuck in the house? Oh, okay. Hmm. I am rewatching Peaky Blinders just now. Nice. I, oh, what did I, I've been watching Cobra Kai as well. That's cool. Have you seen it on Netflix? No, I, I've not seen it, mate, but apparently it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched The Karate Kid? That's good. Like, uh, I actually watch, you know, if I'm a weird one, I watch a lot of like World War Two stuff, like World War Two and Colour and stuff like that. You know, I kind of, I'll watch, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I watch a, a wide array of things, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, mate, I love, my girlfriend's a teacher, so she um, she was doing World War Two last term, so I, like, introduced her to, like, Band of Brothers and the Pacific and all that. I have not seen Band of Brothers and Donkeys, yeah, but I like all the World War stuff. It's kind of like, it's just, it's just a very weird and a surreal thing, you know, to think it happens. It's just that. Uh, it's cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah, mate. It's it's absolutely crazy. Um, obviously, you know, the podcast generally is is based around, you know, kind of two guys sitting and, and sort of having a beer. We haven't had a beer this time. Um, but I know you say you like to cut loose after a fight. Are you are you a beer man? What's your what's your favorite beer? Oh, I or is beer is beer can you are you are you not allowed a, a beer? Are you a spirits man? What, what what's your no, what's your drink of choice? I'll drink whatever I want. <laughs> no one stop me after a fight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Usually, I like Stella. Maybe I don't know. Actually, it's hard to be whatever whatever bottle someone passes to me. Usually on a night out, yeah. <laughs> I quite like Amaretto and Coke. Maybe a bit less kind of like um, you know beerish, but um, I do like that. I'm actually trying. I've actually said I'm. I've actually said I'm stopping drinking for a bit because not that like just to kind of like take it up that notch. Last year I managed six or seven months, and this year. Well, I'm, well, I'm on like five days. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, I do. I am. I am partial to a wild one. <laughs> nice, mate. No, that's good. I think it's it's important. It's important to cut loose. Every yeah, everyone needs it. Everyone. Yeah, man. 
Everybody you need to come on out of me. It's a bit more than cutting loose sometimes. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, for sure. Like when I'm, when I'm, I'll, I'll give you a shout when I'm coming up and, well, hopefully when all this COVID's over, I'm going to come up and spend some time with my, with my family up in Scotland. So I have to give you a shout when I get out. Where are you? I, I thought you're living in there. So where do you live now? So I'm, I'm, I'm based on the south coast of England now. I live in Eastbourne, just, just east of Brighton. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if you're up in there, feel free to uh, pop into my club. We've got Jiu Jitsu on most days. Yeah, so that'd a, be sick. Yeah, we move yeah, that'd be that cool. Way. For sure, for sure. And then finally, um, who who would you like to hear on the podcast? Who should I interview? Hit me with a couple of other sort of fighters. Who who should I be talking to? Or anyone else? Mm. Who who should I interview? Mm, I oh, that's a tough one. Doesn't need to be doesn't need to be fighter, just just any any anyone you think you know would be good to talk to about, you know, mental health. Who who would be good for people to hear? You know, I, I was this completely random. I was thinking about like, because I was what, talking about movies and all that. And I was thinking about, I was like, looking at actors and stuff. And I was like, how, how the hell do you get into acting? I'm kind of like, a lot, a lot of these actors kind of like come from like rich backgrounds as they put them into acting school and all that. So I think it'd be quite cool to, to hear like, a story of like how an actor, because I remember watching a Matthew McGonaghy kind of documentary and he's quite like, oh man, he's, graph, he's, he's cool there. Yeah, he's such a, he's, he's like, He's done loads of like, I went down a rabbit hole a few months ago of his like YouTube videos of him doing like, you know, speeches when people finish university and like, yeah, he, his like Oscar acceptance speeches, all that stuff. He's, he's just he's written cool, a book yeah. meant to be really good actually. But yeah, he yeah, blew something, isn't it? Yeah. So it'd be quite so. cool. It would be quite cool to like, just hear someone, just go and get Matthew McGonaghy on the show, but yeah. <laughs> just hear, hear Easy, someone's mate. story. <laughs> Easy. Easy. I'll just, I'll, I'll DM Matthew now. Um, yeah cool well uh, yeah guys thank you so much for listening uh, thank you Ross for coming on um, I hope you guys have enjoyed it Ross where can um, where can people find you uh, on, on social media and stuff nowhere I'm off social media just now so uh, we'll see what happens have you had a, you've had a are you having a detox are you I'm having a detox man I say yeah I did it for a good few months last year as well kind of like whatever is because what I'm yeah just having a wee break we'll see what's up well, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just whatsapping a messenger just now nice that's where, that's where i'm drawing the line yeah but people, yeah cool well leave so nowhere. <laughs> leave leave ross alone everyone leave ross alone <laughs> write me a letter or something yeah story. yeah send it send a pigeon um <laughs> yeah guys thank you well i i am on social media at the after hours lounge uh you can follow like share subscribe on uh, spotify and apple podcasts um, and then you can head to the link in my Instagram bio if you want to donate to the podcast as well. It is thirsty work. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you very much for listening and we will see you for the next one.